0: Welcome to the New Books Network.
1: Welcome to the East-West Psychology Podcast, the forum for the exploration of psyche and spirit. Join our hosts, Jonathan Kay and Stefan Jewelich, and their guests, as they delve into the intersection of psychology, philosophy, world wisdom traditions, the arts, and more.
2: In episode 27, we met Dr. Sangeeta Sahi and discussed her innovative approaches to integrative health and wholeness, focusing on the individual in this episode we extend the scope of the conversation to the social cultural and cosmic perspectives of integral evolution and spirituality sangita shares a visionary yogic experience by mira Alfasa, known as the mother to the devotees of integral yoga of a supermental ship which comes to earth to expedite the evolutionary process of the spiritualization of material substance Inspired by this, Sangita has organized a conference called Mothership Summit, which is an experiment in designing a new planetary narrative, and will be featuring world-leading scholars in integral theory and evolutionary spirituality and psychology. We collectively discuss themes that will be covered in this summit and focus in on the importance of spiritual technologies of cultivating yogic equanimity, acceptance, receptivity, and sincerity. Rather than being a passive vessel of divinity, we discuss the narrative of becoming an active participant and co-creator in the emergence of a supermental evolution and divinization of the earth and world. Welcome to another edition of the East-West Psychology Podcast. I'm here with my co-host Stefan Julich and Dr. Sangeeta Sahi. How are you two doing this morning um, or this evening because you're both in India? Sangeeta, nice to see you. Lovely
1: to see you, Stefan. Hi, Jonathan.
2: Hi. So I'm very excited uh, about today's uh, program. And just to contextualize a little bit, um, I wanted to bring up that we have had you as a guest uh, previously. I'm forgetting which episode number. I should have looked that up. Maybe 27. Well, episode 27, and we had a a, a wonderful a wonderful talk uh, about your approaches to integral medicine, uh, and we really delved into some of the, the philosophical underpinnings and uh, uh, coming from integral yoga and Sri Aurobindo. And coming maybe more from um, the perspective of the individual, we spoke about the importance of the psychic being, and I I think that was a great place to start. Now this episode, I'm gonna let's see where it goes, but I think that we're gonna be speaking a little bit more from the social and collective ideas of this integral evolution and, and spirituality because you are hosting a um, a conference coming up. But with that prelude, maybe um, maybe you can uh, jump in and just uh, give us a little bit of a vision of where we're going to be going today with you.
1: Thanks, Jonathan. That's great. Um, actually, I'd like to start by by thanking Stefan, because he brought up something that I looked into called the supramental ship. Um, and obviously i mean for most people who who don't know or are not as familiar with sri Aurobindo and mira Al-Faza, the mother's work um it's based around the supramental and the supramental is all the different data energies frequencies everything that is beyond our mental levels and obviously it's different for every individual and it's different for every collective because there's the collective mental then there's the individual mental and everything else in between so and beyond so I actually listened to a recording by Alok Pandey who has been um, a student of Sri Aurobindo and the mother I think most of his life and he's based out of Oroville. And the talk was in Hindi. And my Hindi is not as great. It's pretty good, but he goes and uses some very pure um, words, which are really derived very, very clearly, very uh, directly from Sanskrit. So I was constantly having to, like, you know, translate, look at Google Translate of the words. But it was very, very interesting because it gave me the perspective of what I'm doing with the Mothership Earth Summit, which is what we'll be talking about um, a little bit later. But I want to put it in context to the supramental ship. And also, it's very interesting because in this talk, it's the first time I've 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 already know, but it's the first time that I've actually heard somebody talk about things which are beyond the divine aspects that the Mother and Sri Aurobindo have repeatedly talked about and mentioned in their works. So, in in this context of the supramental ship, the Mother is having her delving into her occult experiences where she's accessing dimensions which are within and just training grounds for people to really get into supramental embodiment, not just supramental consciousness connection, but actual embodiment at the physical level. So the mother talks about how she went into this realm where it's, she said it's just above the planet. It's not too far out, but it's above, where it's almost like a training school is set up where people who are ready are selected to go through the trainings. And the selection is made by People who, or beings that have been ordained by the Supreme to select, people who are ready and who will then, in the supramental dimensions, will be able to work with these in these fields of technology, medicine, um, creativity painting, arts, etc., But their training is for that to be able to work and live in those supramental dimensions. So that was kind of the context. But then as we got deep, as, as uh, the talk got deeper, she also started describing the reality dimensions the truth dimensions, where she said, life is so real and genuine and authentic, and that being in the world dimensions is so ridiculous that she had to laugh constantly. It was so artificial and so different. She said that even the divine qualities that we keep talking about seem, are different in, in the supramental and in the real dimensions, because they're not that the the sort of um, the the context uh, the rules around morality moral behaviour, the rules around um, uh, aesthetic um, beauty or aesthetic values is so different, and she said it was like. In order to be able to get near to accessing that, you actually have to do away and go beyond what even our minuscule or our glimpse of divine principles may be. Because that realm encompasses all the good, the bad, the ugly. And in that realm, there is no ugliness because it's immediately transformed because of the the perception of what is ugly and what is unacceptable and what is is right, what is wrong. So in order, and it's not just going beyond duality, it's more than that. And she said when she entered those realms, the thing that mattered was not how people thought or behaved, but was actually the substance of their body. The substance allowed entry. If your body had the substance to be able to live in that, then you belong there. And she goes on to describe the substance very briefly, um, not in great detail, Um, and it's, it, and she said the other part of it, which was really beautiful, if you ever remember, the first ever conversation that we had together was about joy. And I said that I felt joy was really, really important and to bring that into every aspect of life. And she said, in that realm, there was nothing but joy. But it was not, I don't think when I was listening, I didn't feel that it was a joy of the satchitananda bliss joy, it was more than that. It was something different. But obviously, words, especially in English, are very limiting. So it's not easy to describe that. But that essence of everything was in that state of joy, everything. And if you were not, ha- if you did not, if you were not in that state you couldn't stay there you would have to leave and in that state there was no such thing as not as manifestation because as soon as you required something it appeared so there was no separation on any level so even these words of creator and created and creation they all sort of are redundant because it's all just is so that i found very touching because i know i really am familiar with what what she was talking about but i never and and then hearing it also in hindi made a difference because it gave it a very different vibration and a different connotation. And then when she started talking about what we need to develop within the individual and the collective to be able to access that were things like, very importantly, equanimity equanimity and immobility. And that sounds really weird, but the immobility goes hand in hand with plasticity and suppleness because the substance of our body has to make the transformation. Not just the consciousness, but the substance itself. And... That goes from not just the mind of the cells, but we're going into literally a real cellular substance transformation. So it was another level of, of, of the work. And again, I think a lot of the conversations, interestingly, of at this level were with Satprem. And then she went on to describe how we need wideness because in this world in order to even get or get to being selected or having the opportunity to be selected for training we need to have first gone through that whole gamut of acceptance and receptivity to what we have in this world to the animals to the plants to the rivers to the oceans to the earth itself, and then to all these different life forms. Human beings, machines, robots, the works. And how that's where equanimity becomes so, so relevant and important because having that being able to look at everything that exists in the same way, looking at a piece, a grain of sand and a piece of gold and seeing that they're of equal value or they're equal. That's what she she stated is really important. And then in this supramental ship, was where she she travelled in that ship, and she was able to see all these different levels, and be able to go into the reality dimensions on the supermental ship. So that was very interesting. But I realised how it connected up with the Mothership Earth, as i mentioned to you, to you both before, that I really felt. Well, I I didn't feel, but I know that the Mothership Earth Summit is very much inspired by the mother, Miral Fasa. And I didn't know how, but somehow little bits, little threads are now unfolding, developing, coming to light. And she mentioned again that all these different stories of Noah's Ark. There are many in every tradition, an adaptation of the story of Noah's Ark, where the planet changed and plants, animals, whatever, were collected into some sort of vessel that survived beyond whatever the changes were. And I thought, well, if we extrapolate that a little bit further, logically, esoteric logic, then maybe this planet is actually a supramental ship in the sense that the planet is also going into the supramental. It's not just us as beings, but also this planet, because that's actually the the foundation of the work that they did was they brought down the supramental so that it was accessible to, to the planet. So therefore, the planet is evolving into being supramentalized. And then when I looked at the speakers that, you know, I felt that I had selected or I had been drawn to, inviting to speak and be part of the summit, It fits so beautifully because at least three or four of them are from (laughs) CIIS, and they already are so in tune and familiar with the integral studies and, you know, the integral yogic system. And then there are others that are, it's a beautiful theme of designing a new planetary narrative. And the narrative is not just about, hey, how are we gonna treat the planet or how are we going to relate to the planet? But now I realize the narrative actually has to be about what's really going on, not based on what we think is going on from the past or from another cycle of evolution or whatever, but actually what is really going on. And if we put it in the perspective of integral yoga, then maybe what is really going on is the planet is going through its own supramentalization. And therefore, all the beings that are ready to do that and they're here, we're connecting up at different levels, different consciousnesses based on what band or whatever we're in to do the work for her, for ourselves, for each other, in this supramentalization process. So this is, this is the beginning of, of something very interesting.
0: That's wonderful. It's a really wonderful way to integrate her vision into, with yours. Um, I was struck, I mean, there were so many things that you, that you said there, but uh, the, the thing that kind of struck me immediately and stayed with me was this idea of um, the need for stillness, the need for, uh, for equal, what they call equality, right? And I think that she says somewhere in this passage that if the mind moves in one direction or another, then it gets caught. It's so very much, it's very doubt, a very, um, it reminds me of the, the Zen I think it's called faith in mind. It's a piece of writing by the third Zen patriarch. And it starts: um, the great way is not without difficulty. It just requires us not to choose. So if when the mind is engaged, then you're then you're caught in what they call the ten thousand things. And I think it's really present in this because it's not about thinking you can't think your way out of this you can't think your way into it it's not a thought process and you can't actually think yourself beyond the thought process you have to still yourself to a great degree and from that still point this arises because it's the because it's the next kind of iteration it's the next um, that which arises out of this once it settles, uh, and I, I, I've had experiences like that in my life in deep states of meditation, where I could feel the thoughts coming back. Because normally they just come and then I'm lost in them, but I could actually feel the thoughts coming back, and and even feel a tremendous sense of grief, as weird as that might sound, that the thought was coming back, because it meant that that whole kind of thing that had been built during that state, that meditative state was gone, just disappeared like that. Because the mind came back, came rushing back in. And then I was thinking about breakfast or that I don't like my haircut or, you know, what I had to do later that afternoon. And once that starts, it's like a snowball process.
1: Well, I think, Stefan, I think that the world is, has been designed in such a way that it magnetizes us in. And it's not at all easy to go beyond it and stay there. I think going beyond it is easy, but to stay there is what's really, it's the challenge. And I realized that with when you look at, I think the original work, was the ascension and descension, ascension and descension. But then when you look at immobility as exactly what you said, stillness, then we are just the vehicle, we're the tool through which this can go on. And as long as we don't get caught up in what is going on, then we just become the vessel for it to happen. And we get on with our daily lives in what we need to do with our routine life, but still remain the vessel through which this can go on. Because I think that now, and it will be even more, is that as the planet, de-anchors herself from the past then it's going to get easier and that's what I realized that even with the foundation um, that, that I set up, the Unified Human Foundation in the UK and the US it was always about unifying human beings with nature so the nature is already in process so if we have her nature Prakriti as a sort of real relationship with her not with just the world that we've created this artificial nucleus but with her she is the noah's ark at least for me so we go with her even if if even if we we feel um we feel limited or we feel, you know, constantly challenged about our being able to hold that stillness. But if we connect with her, she's there. There's nothing distracting her because that's her, that's her purpose.
2: Yeah. I love, love all of this. Um, I think that nature, nature has always provided me with definitely a a certain kind of grounding into into my like grounding in the sense that it's giving me a f- uh, embodied sense of my own limitations but limitations that I'm so happy to exceed you know um I think that music has also functioned in that way we talked about music in the last episode but but nature has become more and more important to me in in those giving those types of experiences um and it's interesting how, in this day and age, even how the idea of, of going out into, into the nature is, is something that is, it's always been important. It's always been uh, embedded in, in the lives of, of humanity, but how is, how do we access that now? And especially since the idea of the wild, or if we think about nature as the wild, where we're kind of confronting forces or confronting, um, ecosystems that that we can feel how rich and how alive and how how overflowing with with kind of d- d- potential and, and divinity but that access to places like that is becoming more and more limited and and even access to the concept of going into nature is now being commodified you can go on a nature walk or you can go uh you know you sign up and you can you know somebody's going to sell you this experience oh yeah you can come into nature and it just seems like the nature is is becoming mediated more and more in our, you know, modern our contemporary lives, which is very concerning. <laughs> but um, but I have a qu- a question here about, you know, this I love this idea about um about equanimity, about stillness and contemplation, which has been a big theme in my life as well. And it seems to me that like I'm I'm trying to see this as like a circle that eventually comes back to, to like an integral circle that kind of like you're approaching in both sides at the same time, but where stillness, absolute stillness is no different than velocity at an infinite at an infinite velocity, right? Infinite velocity and absolute stillness, velocity at absolute zero, they've become the same in a way. And I found that the more that I went into still type of contemplation and the more that i felt like i needed to kind of bridge into active contemplation and so those are some of the thoughts that were coming up and at a certain point i can see how both i think from the from maybe the that paradoxical supermental point of 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 knowing in a way is where they both are actually the same in a way i was just wondering some thoughts along those lines
1: i think you're right because i think that's the whole, I don't think it's, I think we see it from our consciousness level as paradoxical, but I actually don't think it is because if you look at it from the viewpoint of getting closer and closer to the divine, then you become a vessel. Now, a vessel does not mean just a passive vessel, but it means an active principle that is actively actively participating in Divine's work, in Divine's will, in Divine's alignment with the plan, whatever that is. And that's what I think being in the now is also partially about, is that it's just being the vessel, an active vessel, not not a passive... You know, like, hey, I'm just gonna sit and meditate and be in stillness. But actually, whatever that is, if that means that you're gonna lie in bed motionless because the divine is doing and working through you in that way, so be it. You know, I've worked with with patients that are disabled. I've worked with people that are you 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 would you would wonder that they literally are vegetables. And yet they're still completely alive. And you wonder, how come the divine hasn't taken them up? And we, and the more I thought about it, the more these other sort of ideas kept coming up. Well, maybe their cells are emitting certain radiations or frequencies and reflecting that out into the environment. So they are serving a very important purpose and function. And they're actually doing the work of the divine and the higher forces, et cetera. So we really do not know what's going on. That is the point.
0: There was a um, a talk that Eckhart Tolle gave uh, on, I think it was on 9-11. I don't think it was the day after. It was on 9-11. He was, I heard a recording of this. He was um, maybe in Washington State, uh, in Seattle, and he somewhere up there. And he, he um, uh, you know, on the morning of the talk, the, the host said, given the circumstances, I'm, I want to give you the opportunity to say that maybe you shouldn't come in. And he said, no, this is actually the, the right moment to come in and talk about things, because this is really important. One of the things that he said in that talk really s- stuck with me. He, he said um, that, I think that the interviewer asked him, how do you make sense of all of all of the, the death? You know, all of the, these people whose lives are cut short. And he said that he had the sense that from what he was hearing, you, you know, you, the people were making phone calls Talking to loved ones, and the uh, the kind of absolute um, surrender that he was uh, hearing or or learning about made him feel that what was happening with many people, not all of them, perhaps, but many of the people who were in this horrific situation, was that. They were were able to have a breakthrough, and in a way in which they were very surrendered, they flowered. That was the word that he used, they flowered. And he said, you know, of course, you know, you you don't want to say, you don't want to speak in platitudes to survivors or to people who are suffering. But he said, in his estimation, this is all that we're here to do, is to flower. We're here to become what we truly are. And that's always stuck with me because I, I feel I'm, I'm thinking, I was thinking of something that Jonathan just said. And I was thinking that part of your work is he, on healing planetary trauma is very much kind of tied into this. And I was thinking that if the if the supermental ship can act or that even the mothership can act as a metaphor for the planet, it can also act as a kind of as a metaphor for each of us individually. And these beings that are on the ship that are in different states of completion, if you want to call it that, or or wholeness or supermentalization, that these are different aspects of ourselves. And when I check in with myself, that part of that project of finding equality or finding that still point is to um, have to constantly check in with those aspects of myself that are not surrendered. And by not surrendered, another word for that is uh, not whole or not complete. We're still damaged, still traumatized, still dealing with traumas big and small. And, ha- and I, those knots haven't been kind of untied. So that happens at, at a planetary level. You can see these knots from governments to wars to disease, you know. Uh, but you can see it within our own bodies—pockets of disease, or um, occlusions that might be emotional occlusions or intellectual occlusions. Ways in which we can't see clearly through a particular problem. Uh, ways in which uh, we hold a, a certain grief in our body until it actually affects an organ, or the you know the endocrine system or the nervous system. Uh, The mother uh, said on a number of occasions that we're made up of an almost infinite number of beings. Each cell is made up of an almost infinite number of beings. She talked about how, like in the cells of the body, changing the mind of one single cell is actually not a difficult task. But then when you leave that cell to work on the one that's next to it, then the first one can fall back into its old habit patterns, really really quickly, and I see that working on myself, how easy it is to, you know, it's like, work on something, see it clearly, you know, like (laughs) Arjuna on the field of Kurukshetra, seeing the multi-armed form of Krishna and then still not being able to do his, you know, his dharm in the war. You forget like that. So the work is, is iterative. And it's incredibly intense to keep coming back, to keep coming back, to keep coming back. But that's where I
1: think... Sorry, please, sorry. No, no, please. No, but that's where I think that having this direct connection with nature and the natural forces can really support us in the work. Because it, it literally takes us out. I mean, I just before before we started recording today's session, we, we chatted about I went, I literally just spontaneously the night before, decided with a friend of mine that we would wake up early the next morning and just drive down to Nandital, which is this beautiful valley in Uttarakhand in in the Himalayan region of, of northern India. And the the switch as soon as we went from the main towns of UP into the valley, the switch was instant, instant, no work required. Literally going into a different field of existence, literally like maybe going into a different planet. So I think there are ways that we can make it easier, is my point. There are certain things that we can do that just make it easier rather than... I think that's where the collective becomes very, very important is having a support system where you have a consistent connection or physical presence or even on Zoom, reconnecting with people that are like-minded, that have the same sort of direction, are going in the same sort of direction. And one of the things that mother constantly talks about is sincerity. And it's almost like she says, that's really all you need. You don't need to know everything. You don't need to know anything. You just need to be truly sincere. And then the forces come in to help. So that would be one of my suggestions to to you know some people listening that maybe it's not about the work maybe it's just about being in that that attribute that that quality of sincerity and then seeing what happens because at the end of the day i also realize this is one huge experiment you know we don't really know what the outcomes are going to be We don't even really know about the experiment. We're just kind of like in it and doing our best with whatever we know and whatever consciousness we have and therefore actually allowing the divine and whatever it is to come through and express. Whether it's difficult, whether it's cantankerous, whatever it is. I think it's it's an expression that that's what that's what the supramental ship was about it was about encompassing all of it and not defining any of it so those cells of yours that are holding back are they holding back or are they actually expressing another quality of the divine that's where i think you know it becomes our perspective becomes really important, because if you change the perspective, then the cells kind of calm down and they say, oh, so you think I'm beautiful as well, do you? And I'm angry and I'm and I'm going to be um, I'm going to be rebellious and I'm going to do this. And you say, OK. Be it. That's fine. <laughs> it gets easier that way, I, I think, for me, at least.
0: I want, to, I want to let John, Okay, Jonathan, I was going to say, I want to let you jump in, but I just also wanted to, to name that I really love that you brought in sincerity because I think it's, it is foundational. And I am also just want to name that sometimes it's a struggle to, to be sincere because we have desires. We have things that pull us into the world in ways that where we want We want, whether we want to shine or we want to make a name for ourselves or we want that person to like us or whatever it is that we want. I I just notice this with myself all the time. And that's not I mean, I sincerely want, but it's not really, I think, what the mother was talking about with sincerity. Sincerity is also linked to purity and not purity as in some weird kind of uh, artificial state of of niceness but um, clear a clear channel um, where nothing sticks difficult it's difficult it's not easy to achieve and that's why the whole the whole work is surrender right surrender 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 and that does make it easy because it makes it very clear anyway Jonathan I'm sorry
2: no no you basically were Going uh right where I was was thinking, actually. Um, and I think that that's that's what was on my mind in terms of th- it seems from uh kind of from the the ego perspective, the kind of habitual self-centered type of perspective that we can easily be sincere when we have a certain type of investment in it for ourselves, for instance, or even let's say for our families. And you can even extend that out into, okay, well, my town, or I'll be sincere because there's, there's some kind of a, there's some kind of a value that seemingly is just perfectly always at the center of how we synthesize meaning, how we order time, how we order the planes of our, our, our being, how we order ourselves with others. And it's just, it, it seemed to me in the, you know, that through the, obviously, yeah, pers- surrender for sure is at the central and then kind of slowly, but surely I think that this idea of sincerity in terms of whatever it is that you are in relation to, it has to be outside of some kind of um, an absolute value system or even a provisional one, but it's really, it's an experimental practice. And I think you brought up, it's a big experiment. And I think from starting from the individual out, that's I feel like this is something that I can relate to in the sense of you know, dropping those preconceived notions of the fact that I I have to even the idea of learning growing, let's say in terms of our ourselves, I have to go to a wise person or I have to get a a book of, I have to get this type of a book from this type of a lineage or, or whatnot. But like bringing up nature, why is it that nature is important? Because we learn about, like, we learn about ourselves, we learn about um, things that we need to know that are, that, and it's just, sometimes it's not even the human aspects that I think give us, um, entry point into, uh, a sincerity that is beyond the kind of value, you know? And I think that's, that's where I think it's just interesting to think about that, um, relationship to how we kind of, kind of unconsciously, there's an image of, of how, of ourselves of thought that kind of orders value, um, all the time. And in terms of, uh, the other aspect I wanted to bring up is, is this idea of faith. And I think that's where in experimentation, just to get very tangible about like, take any, any, whether it's a yogic process or whether it's it's anything that you are embarking upon in your life. But if it's a frame, if you, if you kind of put up a provisional frame and say, well, this is an ex place of experiment. It's a territory in which, uh, I I will I will kind of like try to decenter or unstabilize this sense of value, the sense of 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 ego or superiority. I'm the human agent. I can order nature how I like. Let's take it nature, for instance. You're in nature experimenting with ways in which you can kind of be with nature. And I think that, that is that takes a huge amount of faith in the in the, the sense of. You're really open to the unknown, and that's sort of what you you brought up along, like a long time back in this conversation is that you know we that's what that's the nature of an experiment. You don't necessarily know. And the more radical the experiment, the more radically unknown you are confronting, meaning you're confronting at possibly forces that you can't even deal with. And I think that's part of that's part of the faith that I think like um that is required to really step outside of of that safety. Um, and it seems to me like all of these themes uh, uh surrender sincerity sincerity and and faith it just seems like they're all very much related and they're all they kind of all give give a different way of of kind of overcoming our our habitual our habit habits and our habitual selves our our surface being in a way but I just think that yeah that's that's what came up for me the faith and and the question I guess the next part would be the question of of, of will in that sense. And if you're having a faith, if you're a faith in, in beyond the, the limitations of what I am now beyond even let's say, culturally speaking, the human um, you, you know, there is this, this idea that there's a a faith in that we can, we can engage with forces that are, are unforeseeable that are, that are much um, that are out of our, out of our control in a way, and I think that's that's a, the biggest part of this experiment. And if we look at the the idea of, you know, um this the idea that the cosmic being is becoming individualized, while the individual is becoming cosmic, and it's a theme that I really really love to think about because it seems to put into relationship this this kind of this this convergence, and it really is questioning, first of all what is the cosmic and how can I sense it or how can I be in relation to it? But it also puts into question, what's the individual. And it seems like this convergence is really, it's, it's, it's yeah. Decentering is destabilizing the the habits in which we move through our lives in a way that I think it can actually, I think it puts to to test faith for sure in the experiment.
1: <laughs> I want to put something else into the experiment as well is I, I believe this to be true, as much as, and it, and it goes back to what you were talking about, the individual and the cosmic. As much as we are experiencing through ourselves, working on getting closer and closer to the divine, I think the divine is also getting to understand its own creation through us and our responses our it's i it's all such a connected Mm -hmm. loop within loops and feedbacks within feedbacks that that's how this incredible system and then i remember in our last session we also talked about self-organization and how our souls our atma has its own way, the psychic being has its own way of self-organizing based, as long as we keep the integration processes active, the self-organization is automatic. And I think that's what we forget is that there's an incredible amount of, of things going on almost like spiritual technologies, which are happening at the same time as we are working on ourselves and the technologies are actually working through us. So it's as long as we, I think as we get more and more comfortable with this co-creative, co-collaborative way, then we'll realize that it's not all on us to do the work. There is so much support there to to help us, as long as we take the stress off ourselves, we'll actually be able to experience that collaboration on a deeper and deeper level and get closer and closer to how the divine operates, I guess. So, and I think it's a constant mystery. I really believe that as much as it's a mystery for us, it may be not as much, but it's still a mystery. The, the divine is also experiencing the changes within itself through the changes that's happening with us.
0: Yeah, I could say in a, in a small way, in a microcosmic way, that I had a, a similar experience to the one that you're describing in relationship to my daughter watching my daughter be born, experiencing her coming into the world, watching so carefully in the first week of her life, how minute by minute she changed, her, her vision changed, her ability to focus on things changed, her ability to use her hands changed, how that how that then underwent more kind of transformation over a period of weeks and then months and the intensity with which that change takes place in the beginning is really astounding really awe inspiring and then it slows down but as i as i watched my child learn how to imbo- how to be embodied and uh, i could I could see or experience in some ways, and I think genuinely, not just through you know projective identification, but really through seeing the w- the way in which she learned to interface with the world that she was coming to inhabit and through that experience, I was able to revisit moments fr- from my own childhood where i was maybe not able to complete a task, or uh, or was able to complete a task in a, in a way. If I if it was a, a moment where she she w- was able to understand something that I hadn't been able to understand, I learned through that experience. If if the roles were reversed, if she was having difficulty, but it was something that I understood, then I could act as a as a teacher. And so the process of her coming into herself as an individual was a co created process. And I wasn't the only one that was involved. As she got as children get older, they, they have friends, and then they have teachers. But between me and her and between her mother and her and then between the parental unit, <laughs> and the child, there was this incredible feedback loop that was that was taking place. And I have to say that I learned, I think I learned as much as she did. Probably not. But I, I like to think that I did, because through her eyes, I saw the world anew and experienced development, the development of a child within myself, watching her develop. So even if it's just a metaphor, but I don't think it is, I think that there are different iterations that operates at every level, and if we are ultimately that, you know, which, from which we, we come then that experience that we're having with the raising of a child or something like that has got to be a resonant experience of the the experience of of the original point as it enters into manifestation and then experiences itself in manifestation.
1: That's beautiful. Okay, so coming back to to the, the Mothership Earth Summit, it's something that we designed really truly inspired by the the way that I've I've always seen the planet as a sort of a spaceship because it's moving through space. If that if you if the if the, the kind of simple definition of a spaceship is something that moves through space, that's our planet. And because it sustains us, it's a mothership. And the mothership is going through her own challenges and her own development. And I think that the development is concurrent with also the the generations and the different beings that are populating and coming through now more and more um i was chatting with somebody he's like 27 and he said they a generation gap used to be 10 years now before and then it became seven years and then it became five years and now he said a generation gap is three years so much is changing so quickly And you've got all these labels, Gen Z, Gen Gen Millennials, and now I think Gen Alpha or whatever. And I think that through that, the planet will experience automatically different things also based on the influences of the beings that that will now live on her. And with the mothership, Earth Summit, I wanted to have this beautiful sequence and theme of how things like cosmology. We've got beautiful speakers like Professor Richard Tarnas from CIS and his daughter Becca. Becca's going to be speaking more about narratives and how we use different myths and stories to create consciousness and manifest what's happening in our lives. And um, Prof Rick Tarnas is going to be talking more about his work with cosmology and how the planets influence what's happening on the earth and the earth influences what's happening with the planets. And what are some of the changes that we're seeing? And then we've got this other very beautiful astrologer, Henry, Henry Seltzer. He's talking about new planets three or four new planets that have been identified within our solar system, which we didn't know about before, and these, the three of them is Aries, Makemake and Huane, I think, Hanui, Hanui maybe, I always get that one wrong, Um, and that those three planets are very, very much about the Earth and influencing nature. So They're mapped, he's been able to map different personalities with how they were influenced and had these planets in their charts based on the work and the expression of what they did on the planet. Um, And then we've got these beautiful consciousness speakers speaking about mindfulness and self awareness and our connection to life and the planet through that. And then, of course, we've got the, the godmother of biomimicry, Janine Benyus. She'll also be doing a beautiful talk about um, how we can learn so much about the way nature and plants, how they actually, actually operate, how they are living systems, but how they operate and function as living systems and how collaborative they are. Um, in the essence of reality check and how if we start mimicking them, we will also become far more efficient uh, in our energy sustainability and our whole systems, health systems and how we'll be able to deal more and more with the environmental changes, including the different microorganisms, the different toxins that are now coming up to challenge life um, and then we've got some beautiful speakers on universal responsibility. We've got Rajiv, who is the secretary of the Dalai Lama's uh, Foundation for Universal Responsibility. He's also been going to, he's he's a very experienced gentleman, um, a filmmaker, an author. All of these are authors in their own rights. All of them have written books. So we've got this wonderful, uh, uh, and we've got indigenous leaders. Wisdom keepers. We've got Yeye Louisa Teish, who is from. She's Yeye is a title of goddess, and she's the the Yeye of the West African diaspora. So she represents that, and she's a author and performing artist herself. Wonderful, wonderful lady, and she'll be she'll be talking about some of the the myths and the gods and goddesses from the West African diaspora. Um, and then we've got. Patricia McCabe, who is from the Navajos, and I think, what is the other, some of the other tribes based out of New Mexico.
0: Tony Redhouse, I see.
1: No, not Tony. Tony's actually not part of the summit. He had to do something else, so he opted out. But we've got Patricia. She's one of the new speakers coming up. Um. And the diversity of knowledge and information, it's like a little mini microcosm of Noah's Ark with all these wonderful, you know, it's very, very diverse. And the wideness that Mother keeps talking about in order to get and access the reality dimensions, you have to really start, not expansion, but wideness, learning more, understanding more, And realizing that the diversity is truly infinite. And it's real. It's not just theoretical conceptual words like infinity. But it's real. And each of these species, organisms, dimensions, they have so many layers and levels within their own beings that when you even think about it from this tiny little mind that we have. It's it's just amazing, it's awesome. It's, 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 it's really challenging to encompass all of that. And to also know that we are truly already connected with all of it. And that because we are in this body that is limited, that we may not have the actual experience of it and therefore the surrender to just being open to this knowledge, whether it's right, wrong, true, false it doesn't really matter. The point is it represents something and I think that's what's really important rather than to analyse what that means because we don't have enough information to know what that means so it's kind of representing more and more of our wholeness which is what i think is really a prerequisite and constantly developing requisite for accessing more and more of these supramental levels so that's the sort of description and it's on it's, it's completely free. It's a virtual online event. Um, you just need to register. And I will be really happy to share the links with you so that maybe you can share it with your communities because I think they'll find it very interesting. Um, and the speakers are going into depth about their work. It's not just a sort of superficial marketing type of, you know, as some some sort of conferences and seminars are. They're really going into depth about their work. We've got a beautiful Jeremy Narbi, He's done so much work on plant medicines and how plants really interact with our own systems in such an intricate and intimate way that we're not really aware of. And he's done a lot of work with the indigenous, but from the perspective of an evolutionary biologist and anthropologist, um and so he's he they go in deep, they go into, into depth about some of the stuff that they've done, which I find very, very interesting. Um and so it's it's free. Uh, anyone can register the pre-recorded sessions. So once you register, you get access to the recordings and you can listen to them, watch them in your own time but they're actually going to be launched on the 24th and 25th of March, 2023, so in March this year. And that, those are the two days of the summit, the Mothership Earth Summit. Um, and it's been organized and really designed by Unified Human Foundation, and our partners in, in the production side of it and the marketing side is the World Happiness Foundation. And they're running their own festival, the World Happiness Fest, which is a much bigger platform. Uh, that's really about the Mothership Earth. And the work that we're doing with the Unified Human Foundation is really that too, is just getting people in more and more intimate connection with nature not just mentally but really truly from a soul psychic being soul intimate connection because it's in this body if you if you if you study or you look a little bit at ayurveda or the chinese system or you look at the western system of herbs this body is really made up of what exists on this planet as nature. So when the mother talks about the supramental body, it's made up of the substance of the supramental, which is not this planet, this material, artificial planet. So these bodies that we have are artificial actually. And therefore, it's very easy to program them to be able to to manage and navigate this artificial world that we live in, and I think that's what we're realizing and understanding through technology and machines and robots is that are very easy to program behaviors. And so, when we get though, when we get past that and become more and more whole, is when we actually can maybe become more and more real more and more connected with the divine or the divine parts that we are connected with i don't know if you have any questions regarding the summit i'll be happy to answer
2: i think you've given us um all the like a a, a fantastic overview of the vision and um and what's going to be happening and the details we can add the links into the this program description that's for sure so you can access uh and get your tickets um from from the program description and uh and we'll see you there (laughs) i think it's great yeah it's a fantastic initiative and I really look forward to the, the kinds of conversations that it, it stirs up and the kind of transformations that it can uh, invoke in, in, in the field.
1: I just want to thank both of you for for giving me the space to talk about this and share it with your, your listeners. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I'd like to say, you know, Sangeet, it's always inspiring to talk to you. It's really lovely to spend mm. some time with you and chat with you. Uh, I I also just wanted to share uh, from um, the, uh, I don't know what you would call this, the flyer, I guess, for the Mothership Earth Summit, um, just three points, three bullet points um, on what the Mothership Earth aims to do or accomplish. uh, If you'll allow, uh, to educate and raise humanity's awareness of Earth's place in our dynamically evolving solar system. Uh, Current knowledge of the evolution of plants and animals and our integral relationship with them. Design and create ways of deepening our relationships with nature through the blending of science, wisdom teachings, and changes in our daily behaviors. Looks like it's going to be a really wonderful uh, summit. Uh, People should definitely look for the information on this. It's available on Eventbrite ticketing, right? Mm Yep. Uh, and we'll put the, uh, Jonathan will get the information up, um, on, uh, the page that displays information on this particular, on your, uh, talk with us today. Um, but yeah, just, you know, to reiter- reiterate how, how inspiring it is to speak with you. And you mentioned the word joy and we've, this has come up before in conversation. It's really just a joy to, to have you visit with us and talk
1: with us i feel the same way about both of you i feel like i found a really beautiful belongingness whenever i talk with with you and jonathan and it's it's family it feels like family whatever that family means but that's what it feels like so thank you
2: thanks for being here until next time see you on the mothership
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Namaste.